Hurricane. Oh, yeah, yeah, Koba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're bringing the <laughs> afternoon nap vibes regardless yes. of when you're listening to this. That's right. If you haven't had an afternoon nap, stop listening. Go <laughs> and sleep for, I don't know, 45 minutes. Just have an unusually long nap and <laughs> come back and then you'll be in the same brain zone as us. You'll be in the brain zone, which is where we are right now. Welcome to the brain zone. Now that you're back, now that you've had your long nap and you feel like it's the year 2137 and you're <laughs> 700 years old, um, how, uh, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I definitely feel like um, 137 years old or however old you said. Um, but yeah, man, I'm doing good. I had some visitors this week. My grandparents came and said hi. It was real, real good times just to hang out with the grandma and granddad, you know, that's a, that's a rare delight. Yeah. Grandma and grandpapa. Um, that's yeah. awesome. What did you get up to? Oh, not a lot. We just sat around eating and talking and, um, man, my, my grandparents are like the same generation as Phoebe's parents. And, like, when they get talking about, like, outback Australian roads, like, they can just talk about roads for hours, like, the names of roads, which roads are connected to other roads. It blew my mind. <laughs> I um, find my... That's so weird that you mentioned that, because I find myself also talking about roads more and more. Oh, God. As I, as I get older. <laughs> There's like a road near my house. Oh, no, uh... no, 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 please. <laughs> they were here for five days. I know so much about roads. No, well, that's not true. I've heard a lot about roads, but I'm not sure I learned anything yeah. about roads. That's the thing with roads that you don't know, is that they don't sink <laughs> in until you go there. So <laughs> it's uh, no, we're I, I bar we're seventy six bars into this podcast, and you're already like that's the thing about roads you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty good. That's a good podcast right there. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, it's it's been good. Every every now and again, I um I kind of just had some downtime with Super Mario Odyssey. And oh wow! Let me tell you, I fucking love Super Mario Odyssey. Um, Was this your first time playing Super uh, Super SMO? SMO SMO? Yeah, I've not I've not indulged in SMO before. Um, but I've it's just kind of like Breath of the Wild for me. Like a lot of mm. YouTube critics and stuff I follow are like, this is my favorite game ever, and it just took me years to get around to it. Um, and I've just been having an absolute ball. Um, they, they did some magical things to the movement in that game. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Boy, boy, George, the movement is incredible in that game. Um, yeah. it's the first kind of 3D Mario, I think, where I picked it up and immediately thought, oh, this is as good or better than the movement in 64. You know, I feel uh, like, I feel like they've always been kind of clawing back to that, like momentum based stuff. Um, and man, it's here, like with the hat, throwing the hat, jumping on the hat, bouncing off the hat. 
Oh boy. If uh, you've played Mario before, you haven't played it like you played it in Mario Odyssey. <laughs> oh my god, there's the tagline for the BallLab.net review. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you brought up Mario 64 because that was the first thing that came to mind when you brought it up just then was the fact that it feels quite similar to 64. I've actually been like... Every night there's this streamer on Twitch, but he also streams on TikTok and that's where I see him. And he, he jumps on at like 9.30 every single night and he speed runs Mario, Mario oh 64. And so wow. I've just been watching him do that. It's just like my wind down uh, enjoyment. What would you call it? Treat? I'm a little, yeah. It's a little treat. Yeah, um, that's cool. And so, yeah. I'm hearing a little clicky sound. I'm not sure if you can hear that. Can you hear that? I hear no clicky sound. Listeners, okay. if you hear a clicky sound, I'm sorry. You're going to have to deal. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it in post. It's okay. Um, anyway, yeah. I, so I've been thinking a lot about Mario 64 and the movement and how speed runnable it is. And apparently there's some good Odyssey speed runs out there as well. Right. Um, which seems sort of, you know, makes sense because the, the movement is so good and speedy. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it's kind of just a bit of a throwback to 64 in a bunch of ways. Like there's no loading. Everything is just right there. And I don't know, for me, you know, we talk about how underpowered the switch is all the time, but when you're playing those first party games, like you can't even tell, you know, like the levels are so big and you can go Mm. anywhere and there's no loading. And it's like, because the movement is so fucking, you know, we're talking like Sekiro and Hollow Knight levels of movement here. Like this is, this is some primo shit. Um, and yeah, you just like arrive on a level and you just fucking fly off into the sunset with your momentum. And it's just, it's just a ball. I'm having a great time. Very nice. And you collect all the moons, right? It's moons in that it's, game? It's moons, yeah. But, like, I I don't know how long it is because I don't feel like I've been playing it very long. But, like, I've beat Bowser and I've got over 200 moons and I feel like I just started playing the other day. Wow. <laughs> it just, yeah, I don't know. It's just very easy to kind of turn on and get a couple of moons and, you know, like... I was playing earlier today and there was, I was walking along this, like, uh, this kind of plank, I guess, and a bunch of coins appeared in front of me and it was like maybe 10 coins. I picked up all the coins and a round of applause played and I was just like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) this is exactly what I need right now. Yeah. Yeah. The, I also really like that one because of how weird they decided to go. Like normally Mario games are pretty freaking weird but this time they really just went ahead and were like yeah you just become anything your hat attaches to like you take over their consciousness and what does this mean for like what if you threw a cap on a man what happens then like oh my god yeah it's so cooked and i loved i loved the like overall tone they did such a good job of like keeping it a, a high level of cooked like, yeah. because there's humans in, in this one, right? But, like, they're just one level in the human kingdom. And you do a bunch of kingdoms before and after, and, like, one of them is, like, a cooking kingdom, and all the mm. NPCs are forks and shit, and it's just super weird. And so, like, when you go to the human kingdom, it doesn't feel out of place at all. You're just like, oh, yeah, look at these bunch of lanky weirdos. Like, yeah. you know, they just feel like another weird Mario world right yeah so it's so strange because you like you see humans in this game but mario's not 
a human like he's some other thing he's... and what, what does that mean for luigi and like all of the other human like characters that aren't hu like i mean surely you know like you see like regular man wearing suit walking around the city <laughs> what does this mean <laughs> you do see they're human adjacent in the mushroom kingdom you know before they found you know they flew to the human kingdom in their odyssey balloon or whatever they had no clue there were other like i i, I just i wonder that's you raise a good point because like we, <laughs> we, <laughs> you go my to the human kingdom right and there are humans yeah. everywhere and you're like what yes. the fuck but like what did like, what is the species of Mario, you know? Right, like, yes. Like, up until this game, they didn't know about humans. So, like, in the Mushroom Kingdom, like, if you get a booklet from 20 years ago, what does it say Mario is? Like, he's a plumber. That's a human occupation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You start to go down this dark path of, like, who's Mario's dad? And who's Mario's mother? Like, no, Mario There's Lord, baby... <laughs> baby peach and baby mario no, they're no, babies but they're no. sort of like normal like what's the deal no anyway. we shouldn't be asking these questions these like we don't have the philosophical background to no. ask these questions extremely deep dark knowledge that you know <laughs> once once you crack open the the dusty tome of who's mario's dad i feel like you <laughs> you really start going to dark places in the oh web and in God. your own mind yeah, um, no. so that's cool, man. I'm glad you've been playing Odyssey. I really liked Odyssey. I didn't, I don't think it's my favorite Mario, but I really like the movement and I haven't played it since they did the Luigi's balloon update, which I, I think would be really cool to mess with. Yeah. So I just, um, like you, you gain access to that after you kind of beat the game and see the credits. And I just right. got to that, um, portion of the game and it's like free. Like you don't need the Nintendo online to play it. And I thought oh. that was very un Nintendo like very poggers, if you will, <laughs> extremely, extremely poggers. Um, so yeah, Mario Odyssey loving that shit. How about you, dude? What's, uh, what's been going on? Um, yeah, look, I haven't been playing a whole heap of games this week. Like last week was full of games, just playing them all the time this week. Pretty, pretty scuffed from just being stuff going on at work and all sorts of just like being tired after work. <laughs> it's not really having a whole lot of space for, space for video games, but I did play a little bit of like Apex Legends with some friends at work. Oh, um, cool. How's yeah. that? I like, I've only played that kind of a couple of times with you and uh, the Twilight Priest way back mm. in like 2020 or 2021. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I actually like it. I like playing it with my friends, but I don't think... I enjoy the actual game itself. Like, I don't think I'll play it on my own. Classic. Classic yeah. online video game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our episode, Online Gaming. Um, yeah. And other than that, not a whole lot. I've played... Um, oh, I've been playing a little bit of this game called Season, uh, Letter to the Past. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. And every time you mention it, I get good feelings because you've told me about it before and I remember liking it, but I automatically forget what it is you've told me and why I liked it. But it's like very chill kind of um, farm simmy vibes or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no farming, but there... Is, so the game is about... Um, you, you play this character who is tasked with recording the world before the season changes. Oh, that's right. I remember now it, it came, it came yeah. back to me like a bad dream, but a good dream. Yeah, yeah totally. And so there's like... You know, it's sort of like the future of our world, um, but a very distant future, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of years in the future. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stuff has kind of like returned to 
not like mud huts and stuff. There's still like agriculture, but there's, you know, there's like wreckage of cars and people get around on bicycles or like really basic trucks. And like, there's not, it's very sort of, yeah, stripped back living. That's cool. And way fewer people. Um, And so, yeah, the world is like interpreted in these seasons. And so like, they'll have like the golden season, which was around before the war. And then this war happened. And then that was like, I don't know what they call that, like the dark season or something like that. And so like every time the season changes, there's usually some cataclysm that happens that that like causes a lot of people to die or, you know, terrible things to happen or good things to happen. It's just like, we don't really know. We just know that the season's going to change. Right, and so, okay. um, yeah, you're tasked with going out and recording the state of where the season was right before it ended. Um, right okay so, yeah, Interesting. You just slide around on your bike and take pictures and record audio and talk to people and um there is story to be had and it, it, there is like a linearness to it like you go to a certain place and that's when you progress the story um mm-hmm. but there's also just like you can just go like last night i was just riding around and i found like this path to a graveyard and like as soon as you take a picture or record something in that area it's like oh you can fill out this section of your scrapbook You've got a scrapbook that you're like filling out with, you know, data that basically in, will inform people what the world was like. And so, oh, cool. yeah, you, you place your pictures in there and little poems that the main character writes or says out loud and drawings and uh, audio recordings in that part. And it fills out and eventually you get inspiration for that page. And she does a little, she like remarks about what she saw in that section of the world. Cute, cute as fuck. Yeah. So it's cute. It's quite sad. Um, there was a part last night where you have like a flashback to uh, or you listen to you listen to a recording actually that you made with your best friend back in the village that you came from oh yeah and uh it's, it's him telling you the story or the dream that he had and he's basically prophesized the end of the season um oh my god and right right towards the end he says something like uh i wish we had have wasted more time together or something like that oh, it just like it just wrecked me <laughs> oh that's so cute yeah yeah and so i was like ah very nice very good stuff 10 out of 10 yeah. very sad but very yeah. enjoyable video game and so yeah i'm just enjoying you know something that i feel really has a great story that isn't super heavy on the action but very pretty and you know, it's not without its like visual flaws. There's like heaps of w- weird camera stuff going on, and um, the bike stuff isn't that enjoyable to do. Like movement itself isn't great. It just really thrives on the collecting part. It feels good to take photos and record audio and put them in your little scrapbook. I think that's kind of the main, the main pull. But yeah, right. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a really pleasant time. We're we're both kind of playing some wholesome games this week. Yeah, it's it's cozy game season. We're coming into the hottest period of the year and no one wants to go outside because the sun <laughs> will burn you to a crisp and all you can do is sit inside and play video games. Just like when it's the cold season and you go outside <laughs> and it's too cold, so you stay inside. Same, you know, it'll, it's all the same. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. Well, that sounds really nice. Is, is season kind of like a PC-only early access type deal right now or has it got a full release? No, no, it's full release, um, and you can Ooh. play it on PC and PS5. And oh, I think you can play it on Xbox. Um, oh yeah, I'm not too God. sure. Go check it out, though. I think it's on everything. Cool. Hell yeah. I am, yeah, I'm really interested in, in something like that. Yeah, devs, devs give it a go on your Xbox machine if, it, if you can. Hell yeah. Um, shit. Well, dude, have you got, uh, have you got some chicken wings? 
I've I got... do. Okay, good. I'm glad because I've only really got one, and it's like it's like half a wing. It's like if you pulled up to the drive-through and like you open the box, and there was just one wing, and it already had a bite out of it. Ugh, horrible. <laughs> You've described a nightmare. I've been eating a lot of McDonald's this week. I don't know why I thought of bringing that up, but just the thought of the, having a, a you know a burger or whatever that already had a bite out of it, it just really repulses me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's repugnant employee behavior if they're taking bites out of your burger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right, you want to go first then, and I'll do the last three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've got three. Oh, geez. Three. All right. Um, yeah. So I've got like a a der moment um, for for video game news, which is um, coming from Microsoft, uh, where they have uh, made a statement where they say Xbox Game Pass does decrease base game sales. Oh. Um, which is like no shit, Sherlock. Of course yep. it does. Like that's yep. that's the point of the platform, and yeah. like that's also uh, part of why the platform works for developers because they get the paycheck before the game comes out, and their yeah. paycheck isn't only relying on sales post release. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I hesitate to bring up the discourse, but yeah, the discourse has been like, <laughs> oh, oh my god, I can't believe this is a thing, and it's like really. I thought I thought that was the point, you know, um, and yeah, that's my that's my already taken a bite out of chicken wing news. <laughs> right. is, is so yeah, interesting. I didn't know there even was discourse happening around this topic, but so they're saying that is it is it in lieu of something? Is it like oh, so because video game sales have um, traditionally like or have been lowering as a result of this that we're cutting back or something no this came out because of I think we've mentioned it in drips and drabs in the past about Microsoft's pending acquisition of um, Activision Blizzard mm. um, you know it's like uh, being in the spotlight a little bit and there's uh, to be honest I don't actually have a clear picture of the full story but it seems to me like the acquisition is nefarious because it is, you know, they're just trying, like, they want a monopoly. Um, and I think, like, the UK government is stepping in to try to understand the situation. And, yeah, it's it's kind of muddled. Maybe, maybe right. I should get my shit together and I can talk about it <laughs> in clearer detail next week. But, yeah, it, it came off the back of that. Um, there's, like, I don't know. Uh, a couple of months or weeks ago, time is weird. Um, mm. I mentioned like I had all these uh, ex like Microsoft stats around like a subscriber base for Xbox Game Pass and like how much money they were making and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that also was made available because of this acquisition. Like Microsoft right. having to like prove a bunch of things to try and acquire it. Um, right. Okay. And it's yeah, it's not oh, working out okay. for them. I see. They're saying, oh, our sales have actually been down. Let us buy them this other giant conglomerate so that we can have our sales go up a bit. We yeah, promise we yeah. won't put them on the, on the Game Pass. Yeah, and it's okay. just that fucked, like, capitalism ethos with corporations where, like, yeah. they have to grow every year forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so, yeah, that's yeah, all I got. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, well... Uh, speaking of Blizzard, um, oh, there's been a bit of a bit more discourse this week. Oh around God, we, should we 
should we ban that word? Because sometimes when I say discourse, I mean one Reddit comment that I didn't read. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I say discourse, I mean the thing that I see when I open Twitter in the morning and immediately makes my eyebrows lower like a centimeter. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go with, with your definition. When I say okay. discourse, I'm bullshitting. When Joe says it, it's the real deal. It's well, I mean, as as the real deal as Twitter is, <laughs> like people, I feel like everyone on Twitter is like, yeah, this is life, but really, it's just Twitter, and it's just a bunch of people screaming into the void, um, which is important yeah. to remember. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, th there's been a bit of stuff going around with Blizzard getting its workers to have mandatory returning to the office days. Oh yeah. So for the last couple of years, uh, just because of COVID, um, it's been uh, very much a studio that has been in great support of having workers from all around the world come and work at Blizz. Hmm. Um, I think you need to like adapt to your hours or to their hours or whatever, but um, yeah. I think they have office offices in all, all sorts of parts and depending on where you work or what you work in, they're pretty accommodating. Also, they have been up until this point in history. Oh my God. And so they had a, a meeting um, and there's a quote here saying from a Blizzard worker saying, I've never been as embarrassed by leadership as I was in this meeting. And so they're saying, yeah, you basically have to come back. They said that this is kind of the reading between the lines version of it. But mm -hmm. what they've uh, what a lot of workers have interpreted this, the results of this meeting is saying is you're going to have to cut, start coming back in a minimum of three days a week beginning later this year, or you can just quit. That's basically what they're saying. Right. So uh, there's people in, interpreting this as them being like, um, instead of firing people, we're just going to let them quit. It's like a move in downsizing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is a shitty Very thing to do. Corporate sneaky downsize. Um, and it's also a lot of folks are arcing up about having to go back into the office when coronavirus is still very much a thing. Um, and, you know, the, uh, stalling the virtues of, is that the word, stalling? I don't know. Talking about the virtues of working from home in, you know, just in terms of how we've adapted over the, over the last couple of years to it being a really positive thing for a lot of folks mm -hmm. with families and traveling far and money in the current, you know, economic climate, which is hellish to say the least. And so, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so people are saving money on PT and all that sort of stuff, which is, mm. which is, I think, very valid. Um, but yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, it's interesting to hear about it in, with like the video game lens, because like from just an average Australian corporation lens, like this has been the case for a while now yeah um and the reason uh at least for victoria in in australia has been to keep the um businesses in the cbd afloat yeah. which is like a shitty reason and it's like you know forcing me back into the office doesn't equate to me buying six dollar lattes at the local cafe <laughs> the cbd um, so I, I think, I think it kind of comes down to the core reason, like, you know, Blizzard is obviously a fucking massive company and their reasons probably aren't as location based as like, um, what we see in like the Victorian papers and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, for, for the most part, like when I've seen it for Australian businesses, the reasons they give are bullshit and it's just like not. You know, the reason should be what is best for the 
employees of the company and the revenue of the company. And mm. like, it's obviously really difficult to balance that, especially when everyone's a greedy asshole, but like, ideally there should be a balance there. And like, that's how the decision-making process goes. But like with Blizz, yeah, like it just, they've been so shitty, you know, like Bobby Kotick has oh, all God. his sexual misconduct allegations going on and like he's still at the top and like there's nothing they can do about it yeah. it's yeah so like i'm a bit more cynical because it's blizzard but i think the um the kind of topic overall is not an un- uncommon one for a lot of businesses and i think mm. it depends on the business and like it depends on like how the business is segmented like if there's a sales team it's not going to make a lot of sense for the sales team to stay at home all day um depending on the product but like for for making video games based off being on this podcast for almost a year and just like having you as a really close friend it seems like it's just um one of those industries that can really benefit from um not having to be in at an office every day yeah 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 well said i mean i agree with pretty much all of that um yeah i think it's like pretty nuanced you know like it's Mm. the same with a lot of these things that we talk about in the news and discourse in general (laughs) Um, is, (laughs) is that there's always like heaps of shades of gray going on um and it's like I know that's it. even something something like that is quite trite, but whatever. Um, so like, yeah, I think there's parts of production that really benefit from having people in a in a building together, like mm-hmm. the, doing pre-production or whatever is like being able to just like walk over to someone's desk and be like, hey, can you like cobble me together this thing real quick? I'm trying to like see if this idea will work. And, and then right. like, they do it for you in like that afternoon and then you have something to show and it's like, ah, cool. Um, instead of being like, oh, I got to like schedule a meeting or like call this person and maybe they're not at the desk or, you know, maybe after they're not responding to messages for whatever reason. Like there's just that layer that's there inherently with working from home. Um, right, right. Um, which is not the case for everywhere or everyone, you know, I know some people work harder from home as well than they mm. do from the office. So there's that aspect of it as well, which not, is not all, all positive, positive, you know, people are overworking themselves. Right. Uh, and like something so. I, I didn't mention was like the individual, you know, some people as, as like their personality really suits being in an office and like being more social. Um, yeah. 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 And, and like, I don't, I don't know, maybe um, like within your team, because your team is is pretty small but like i remember like before um i was let go from my job like yeah there were plenty of people that were like please let us back in the office like i hate working at home and like a lot of the time they were like racist homophobes who were actually (laughs) spending some time with their wives and they hated it but even so like it's uh, otherwise like (laughs) oh dude that place was fucking hell like i I can't I was I was not like emotionally equipped to kind of reflect at my own situation at the right. time. Yeah. You know, it was just like being pushed out of the bubble and then looking back in and being like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, you know, I was going to HR all the time and like when I needed support because someone was being like openly racist, people were yeah. too scared of getting fired so they wouldn't speak up. Yeah. That's not it's not a good work environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, the individual. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
um yes yeah the, the individual yeah so i think it's like super nuanced and there's been a lot of like chatter about it on twitter you know people being like yeah definitely these people have every right to continue working from home a mm-hmm. lot of these people started during that period and that they signed contracts under the assumption that it would be able to continue to do so mm-hmm. um however I, I think it's just the entire workforce is being told you know you do have to come into the office for a minimum of three days a week mm-hmm. um and i think that's kind of unfair i think if there's like new people getting hired and there's like you know discussions around what days they're able to do and not do then that's probably okay or like slightly less egregious but mm. some something about like having an agreement and then just like reneging on you know it suits us better now to have you come in or we're trying to do some something with 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 um productivity or whatever where we're you know pushing for people to come in or I don't know. Yeah. I don't really understand exactly the full measure of why, but um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the quote you had at the start around, you know, that employee being like, this is the worst example of management I've seen. It, mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense when you've got a company that employs literally thousands and they're trying a one size fits all approach. Like yeah. the idea of managing someone is like you get to tailor their experience at the workplace to get the most out of them. And doing what they're doing is the opposite of that. Um, Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I I personally think working, going to the office is is a good thing, especially for early development. I think there's Mm -hmm. definitely phases later on in development when it doesn't really matter. You know, you're just like at your desk doing your thing. You've got like set amount of tasks for the next two weeks and whether or not you see people is kind of like a personal thing, like whether you really like having lunch with your coworkers or getting coffee or just being able to chat about stuff and in the office, like if you have that culture, then that's really cool. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. if not, then they, they, then stay home. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like mm. there's literally no reason for you to be there. Then don't be there. Yeah. Um, you just, you're just doing, doing it. Cause that's the way that it's been done for the last the, the X amount of years. Anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's my feelings on it. Yeah. Well, let's get a petition going Joe to take over Activision Blizzard, get this shit sorted. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll go in there and I'll slap Bobby Kotick across his wet little face and <laughs> he'll leave. Well, that's how it works. Oh my god. Um. So I got another piece of news here. Um, yeah. Hot on the heels of our AI episode, there has oh. been someone who's made an AI that can generate uh, endless Super Mario Bros. levels with just a few words. Bro, you just said that in the episode. You were like. Imagine if there's just a Mario level that never ends. Ah, yes, yes. I just, when you said that, for some reason, I thought that I'd accidentally repeated myself, <laughs> like, no. earlier on. Like, I'd already done this story, and you were like, dude, no. you just said this story. I was like, oh, shit, what have I done? No. no yes, no, I no. did. I did predict this. You're, you're In the right. episode, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, um, so, uh, this person, Sebastian Reese at R-I-S-I-1979 on Twitter, has done a couple of tweets saying... Uh, want to create your next game levels through natural language? Wait no more. We present Mario GPT, an open-ended text-to-level generation through large language models. Here's a PDF and here's some pictures. And they show a, p- picture, a bunch of pictures showing snippets of Mario levels uh, with the text used to generate them. Here's some examples of the text. Uh, many pipes, many enemies, little blocks, low elevation. No pipes, some enemies, many blocks, high elevation. Many pipes, many enemies, etc., etc. So you can what sort the of... fuck? Wow. Yeah. Go ahead and write those. Um, so yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy. I don't know how like 
interesting an infinite Mario level is. That's sort of just like, you've probably got a bunch of repeating themes based on the short amount of text that's been put in, but it's something, you know, like it's a way to generate a section for sure. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what the implications of this are for roguelites and roguelites, mm. you know? Like, they have randomly generated levels that kind of are generated within a very specific framework, but, like, maybe maybe this could make things easier if you, like, can input the framework and then it generates levels. I don't actually know how the process exists right now, though, so maybe yeah. it's actually not that far off from what already happens. Yeah, I, I don't really know either. Um, I know that um, Heart Machine, the makers of Hyperlight Drifter, oh, yeah. um, are making a game called Hyperlight Breaker, which is set in an open world randomly generated... It's just changed, actually. It's, it's now the uh, open world randomly generated uh, roguelike style game. So the entire world gets randomly generated at the start of each run, uh, which is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Um, That's Yeah, that really fascinates me. Like... I know in our, like, Steam Fest stream, we played a game that was, like, it was, like, an open-world roguelite, but I didn't yeah. I didn't kind of clock if what we saw was randomly generated because it I, seemed yeah. designed. Yeah, like, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I can't... I, just, I don't know, just because I guess I've only seen either 2D or isometric randomly generated levels, I can't imagine, like, a an open world randomly generated level like i i can just yeah. see fucking trees clipping through the ground all over the place like <laughs> yeah but um that'd be yeah that'd be cool if it works so apparently they've been using a software called houdini uh, sorry houdini to generate the the levels um which is a vfx piece of software if you've ever seen like a building crumble or like someone's face torn apart in a movie or whatever you know like some <laughs> amount yeah. of jiggly explodey fiery gassy goodness then it's probably done in houdini right. um it's a crazy piece of software that is extremely powerful and only understood by a small handful of individuals um but right. it, it's there yeah, apparently they're using it to do the random level generation for this and it's uh, node-based as well as code-based so i'm sure there's you know some point in the future you'll be able to say to houdini's ai <laughs> be like hey generate me a world that's got x amount of foliage and x type of enemies and the elevations like this and the color scheme is this and then it'll show you and you, then you'd be able to correct it and be like hey less enemies in this area okay cool thanks. right 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 if that's the future that we're sort of, head, sort of heading towards with this mario gpt um forerunner God, it feels like at this stage, every week we'll have a new example of AI to yeah. talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's another little sub-story here. AI learns to play Mario 64, gets a star. What a headline. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's not the news. But that, that's, so yeah, that's it for the AI news. I have one more piece of news here. Oh, my God. You brought the goods. I'm so glad you brought the goods because, like, I I could not find shit. It's all right. It's all right. I did have a look at the in the last half an hour before I jumped on, so this is where we're at. Uh, fresh, fresh off the press. Fresh off the press. 
it's coming it's loading <laughs> um so here we go this is a really like this is like a chip found on the hungry jack's floor that's been swept up and covered in dust but wow um, worse than the already taken a bite out of chicken. yeah yeah i just thought i'd put these games out there on your radar so it's it's kotaku's best games of 2023 so far and we're in the 18th of feb so you know it's pretty <laughs> presumptuous of them to fucking pipe up about this but here you go yeah i'm just impressed you still want to read lists to me after that one ah. time i lost my shit <laughs> yeah. I, anytime i see a list now i gotta read you uh so we got on the list is dead space remake um which i haven't oh. played but i have access okay. to yeah um mm-hmm. a space for the unbound which uh i don't know what it is let's have a quick read that name makes me curious but yeah i haven't heard of it it's got some japanese anime characters in the front cover uh, knowing Ooh. a space for the unbound was developed by tenuous circumstances and the, the hands of the former publisher p cube makes the fact that the game is a, as good as is all the more bittersweet as the publishers alleged withholding of funds from the game in limbo for five months the studio's game follows teenager atma and raya in the let uh, the letter of hume can manipulate the reality at the expense of her health oh, okay super supernatural juxtaposed over the what type of game is it just tell me it's yeah, cozy, this... unapologetic, and in depictions of Indonesian culture. Oh, cool. An unravel supernatural mystery grounded in human connection. Oh, that last sentence really got me on board. A space for the unbound. PlayStation. Okay. Cool. Uh, oh, it's on the Switch, Xbox One. Okay, it's on everything. Cool. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage. Oh, yeah, that's with Colgate Chan. Colgate Chan, yes. And Colgate Summer. Um, <laughs> uh, Hi Fi Rush yeah hell yeah great show is very much enjoying i want to keep playing a season a letter to the future which we spoke about before boom metroid prime remastered oh that's that nintendo remake we were shitting on last year i mean last week last week yeah um so have you played metroid prime (laughs) i played it when it first came out as a young lad oh right it was my first first person shooter whoa it's a first person shooter it is, yeah. You're behind the visor as Samus in this one, and you're uh, wow. running around shooting, shooting aliens and getting Finally. upgrades. Um, it was really cool. That's interesting. How does all the like, uh, you know, getting around work in first person? Because she's got all those moves, like the electric whip that you swing on. Like, does yeah, that yeah. stuff just translate? Yeah, you do all that shit. Uh, it was my first Metroid game as well, so I didn't have any like preconceived ideas about what was supposed to happen. But oh. yeah, you, you do turn into a little ball, and then it goes third person. Uh, <laughs> and there's like little ball puzzles you do. Yeah, there's a whip. There's different types of attachments and suits that you get. Um, there's a lot of scanning of things. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool game. I don't think I'll play the remaster or whatever it's called. Yeah, the remaster, but it's cool. If you want to check it out, it's on the Nintendo shop. All right, there you go. Um, one last one here is Persona 3 Portable slash Persona 4 Golden. Oh, there's more. Lone Ruin. <laughs> All right, you better, you better smash through these because we're not, have, we, we don't know these games. We don't. This is the last one on the list I checked. Lone Ruin. And I wanted to bring this one up because this was another one that I hadn't heard of. There was two on the list that I wanted to sort of see and put on our radio because they sounded oh, cool. Oh, yeah. yep, yep. Lone Ruin is a great encapsulation of short, sweet, and to the point. The roguelike uh, takes clear inspiration from games like Hades and delivers an action-packed, isometric experience drenched in a gorgeous neon blue and pink pa- color palette. The tight, refined action is just as much of a joy to watch as it is to play. The game doesn't overstay its welcome. However, given the immense replayability of the genre, Lone Ruin inherently gives you plenty to do 
and its pitch perfect execution of the fast paced action gives you plenty of reason to come back again and again. Two hours long on the PC and Switch. Whoa, two hours long. Sign. That's my kind of game. Sign me up. Yep. So yeah, yeah hell yeah. go check it out. Uh, cool. That sounds pretty schlick. And that's it for the news. Fuck, huge. I'm so full. That was so much news. I'm very yep. satisfied. Yeah, busting over here. Um, <laughs> ready to pop. Speaking of pop, this week's topic. Just keep throwing you under the bus. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of pop, Darian, that's oh, like it. Tell me about oh, this week. Oh, shit. All right. Um, well, I... Shall we just dive in? Shall I just read my spiel and we'll just trundle forth? Yeah, hell yeah. So this is our game club episode for the game that we, of the month, which was Moonscars. Um, yep. Please write in and tell us your thoughts on Moonscars. I'll badge you again at the end of the podcast to do so. Um, and I haven't written a spiel. I have a bunch of notes, but I would love to hear your spiel. Please, Darren. All right. Here we go. Now... We haven't talked about this at all. We haven't talked about Moonscars at all. I know. Yes, um, you've been, we've been very cagey about this one. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> if you squint just right, Moonscars is almost serviceable. There's good <laughs> animation, interesting architecture, and diverse combat. But to stop squinting is to wipe the icor from your eyes and uncover its cheapness and its derivativeness. The saddest irony of Moonscars is its theming. A game about doppelgangers and mirror protagonists in a dangerous realm sounds really alluring, but unfortunately all original ideas are left poorly implemented and underexplored. The few positive aspects of the game have been unabashedly copied and pasted. All the accoutrements of the 2D side-scrolling Metroidvania action RPG roguelite platformer Souls-like are present, but Moonscars achieves little beyond showing off what other games have done better. Yeah, hell yeah. Well said. <laughs> um, I'm glad you went first because I feel very much the same and I love feeling like I'm vindicated by your opinion. <laughs> All right. Is this, uh, yeah. this might be the first time that we feel the same. Uh, it might be. It might Actually, no, we had one that we both really liked. It was Sayonara. Oh, oh, Sayonara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, true. dude. I struggled with notes for Moonscars. I wrote a bunch, but a lot of it seems to just be like remarking about how bland and like milk toast it felt a lot of oh, the time. Dude, this is this is the blandest game I've I've played in a while. Um, yeah. and and I should say like I actually really struggled with um with this intro because like this isn't the worst game I've ever played. You know, I like no. I, I I think. I think it's um, it's kind of like in that same realm of, of game as Mana Spark, um, right. which, is, which is a game I mentioned like a couple of months back that I was playing. And it's like, it's kind of a game that's on the echelon above like the free itch.io games. Yeah. It, yep, it's, yep. It, it like feels mostly unfinished and it feels like a first attempt. Um, but like it, you know, it has some... It, it has some positives, um, but, like, just because of... I mean, it came out last year, you know? Like, oh if this God. game came out 15 years ago, then maybe, but, like, it came out last year, and it just copies and pastes so much from other games <laughs> and, like, doesn't do 
anything to innovate and it yeah. just yeah i i should say that i only played about two hours of it oh wow yeah so, so you didn't finish it no so i oh. actually i actually the first wanted game that i finished that you didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually wanted so the first week after we picked it because i know um we picked it just because you liked the thumbnail you know yeah. it's not it's not like you had heard um, something good or blah, 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 blah. And I was actually, when I asked you on the pod if you had started playing Moonscars, I was, based on your tone, I was going to ask if we should cancel it. Oh, wow. Because, <laughs> oh like, I, I played for 10 minutes and I just thought it was it was bad. You know, it wasn't wow. the worst thing I, I'd ever played, but I was like, oh, this is this is just a bad game. Like, I don't. And, and we'll go into why I think that is. But, yeah, I yeah. just, I, th- I thought it was, you know, very unimpressive on its own. But when you compare it to everything it takes from, it's just, yeah, like you say, it's just incredibly bland. Yeah. So where did you get up to in the game? Um, Do you remember so I beat, ended? I, I beat the first boss and I thoroughly explored that castle afterwards and um, yep. got to the baby boss. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, like, I was halfway through the baby boss fight and I wasn't losing or anything, but I just stopped. I was like, this is, this is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Time to stop. Yeah. 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 Several points I felt the urge to put it down. Um, but yeah, I continued on. Uh, I never really felt like I was super offended by it the way that I've been kind of offended by other games. So I think it would like because of the blandness it sort of like hit this base level with me where it was like yeah it's it's playable you know like i'm able right. to play it and the, the, the other like redeeming thing that i will say about it is that the art was quite good like i think the animation is nice i think the cutscenes were ugly but the actual like game to game moment to moment like animation and look was pretty cool yeah um, so the the like that's that's why i said at the beginning the architecture because mm. like the aesthetics are bad it's just gray and parapets <laughs> and balustrades over and over yeah, like you, yeah. you can't even you know i swear to god if i were to show you screenshots from different areas you wouldn't be able to tell because they just yeah, all look yeah. so look gray so. and they just yeah. blend but like the actual design of like the castle and stuff like the shapes and the geometry was really cool um and the the animation like you say like there was a really satisfying weight to those special attacks Mm. um and and i think they knew that because you know you you had to earn those special attacks and they did the roguelike thing where you choose from three and uh you get to preview them all and like all those animations looked really good i so i felt really negatively about those special abilities for a couple of reasons but um did you have i want to know did you have one that you picked and just stayed with the whole time no or did you try them all i i just yeah i changed them up all the time okay um but i wasn't like i don't know i didn't think it was a very difficult game either like that's the thing like this game just didn't do anything for me it was just bland not difficult but not easy you know it was it was like you say it was just playable yeah yeah um but yeah tell me tell me about the the special moves that's so what's your deal i think was it this no it wasn't the special moves it was the abilities that were mapped to the triggers sorry if you can hear my dog um the special move was like on y or something 
Oh yeah, what what were the oh the spells you mean the, yeah, witchery. the spells, the witchery? Oh, dude, yeah, that sucked. I mean, they basically ripped the system from Hollow Knight, where you yep. basically have a pool of ichor or mana or yeah. soul or whatever yep. you want to pump through the thesaurus, and <laughs> and and you have to either use that to cast spells or heal. And yeah. like in in Hollow Knight, it's challenging but fair, and the spells do a lot of damage and it like i i feel like it's pretty well implemented in hollow knight but they make it so expensive in this game that like yeah i just i don't know you look at the the like amount of spells you can learn and like that skill tree is immense yeah and i, and I was just like I mean, I'm just going to use spells to, like, open shortcuts in the environment. Yeah. So that's the other thing. They they gave you the one... You've got two spell slots, right? And you've mm-hmm. only got one type of spell that can open those doors, right? There's only one mm-hmm. type, as far as I know. Um, yeah, I think I think all the spells opened the doors. Oh, okay. I've tried... Maybe I just tried the wrong spell or something, but I, I found that there was only one type of spell that would actively do it for me. R- right, okay. Um... Anyway, sorry. Back to the back to the wide uh, special weapon that you get. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry, we're we're all over the place. But yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the well, the like the special weapon that they give you, I felt was looked really cool and was beautifully animated and everything like that. And but it, but it never really gave me like much of a reason to use it because mm. I was able to just use my regular weapon most of the time, and that was mm-hmm. totally fine. Yeah. Um, the other thing was sometimes it wouldn't come out. Like, and I had this with my abilities too. I don't know if it was like. If you ever had this, but I would press Y and it would, she wouldn't do the, the the attack. And I would press the trigger and she wouldn't do the ability. I'd just be left standing there and I'd get hit. Right. And this happened so many times. Like, I finished this game, man. Like, every boss, at least once, this would happen where it would oh, be like, geez. pull the trigger, just stand in there, get hit. And I'm not, I'm not like, trying to animation cancel or do anything fancy. I'm just, like, uh-huh. pressing the button, standing there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not coming out. And so that drove me crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, so the skill tree or the, the, the spell tree um, felt like a lot of interesting ideas that kind of all boiled down to much the same kind of thing. Mm, um, right. And so I ended up just finding two that I liked and just mm-hmm. staying with them. And uh, I, 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 this game has like huge balance issues where like I would get so much bone powder because of the way that it like lets you get bone powder in certain mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just, I just unlocked most of the skill tree and just barely, I don't think, that, I think there was like spells that I just never used. Like I'd unlock them and leveled them up to the max and I just never equipped them or used them <laughs> because they didn't interest me because everything yeah. I had was doing the job, you know, like it never presented me with like, oh, here's this enemy that is always flying, never lands and you have to use this spell to get it to come down. Right. Yeah. You can always yeah. jump to hit it or there's like spells that will hit it that you just keep around because that's the spell that does that or whatever. Like, yeah, it's just, um, yeah. So you mentioned two thought ribbons there. You mentioned bone dust and, and enemies. So yeah, maybe maybe we should talk about the enemies a little bit sure. um, because I thought the enemy variety was actually pretty good. Agreed. Um, I thought the design of the enemies sucked they were gray they were silvery they all had blades they blended into the background i just oh man yeah looking at this game sucks um (laughs) but there was a lot of variety and there was a lot a lot of variety straight away um which i thought was pretty cool you know like um some games kind of take a bit too long when they're a 10-hour experience and they're like 
you know, want to make sure you're really comfortable before they introduce more enemies. And this game was like, nah, here's like four or five enemies to, to get started. And I thought that was good. Yeah, I agree. Then the enemy variety kind of fails at a certain point. Like, I think you sort of explore whatever most of their areas and you've kind of seen everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes more about the bosses. Um, that They do introduce this thing where it's like the moon turns red. Did you ever get up to that? Yeah, so I thought that was actually pretty dope. And again, they're just ripping the world tendency system from Demon Souls. But um, I, I thought it was like a good way um, to increase the difficulty based on being a good player, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the world tendency, it's like a blood moon or some shit. It like the world tendency changes if you do really well. And so you've got a bunch of those roguelike bonuses. And if you die with a certain amount of roguelike bonuses, then the moon does its thing and the enemies get harder. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was great kind of balance compared to the Demon Souls world tendency where, like, the world gets harder when you die. And yeah. it's like, if you're having a hard time, you're just going to have a that's harder time. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, you know, that's very thematically sound for Demon Souls. But still, I just, like, logically it makes more sense that, like, if you're doing really well, like, the difficulty kind of rises up to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, though, despite it being good, it, it sort of fell flat for me. The way that you clear it is you just need to have at least one gland, and then you can use, which is an item you collect in the game, and you can right. use that to clear the, the redness of the moon. And so, like, I'd get a red moon and be like, oh, I could get more moon dust right now. How much moon dust do I have? Oh, 35,000? I don't need any <laughs> anymore. I'll just like, clear the red moon and my enemies will be easy again. Like, it just didn't mean anything to me. Sort of like how I felt about the seeds in uh, that other game that we played. It was yeah. like, oh, it's cool that this is here, but I don't see why. Like, right. I, you know, like, yeah. I, I can appreciate that it's there, but it's just like... I have. I also have like thirteen glands. Like it's not a big deal for me to use one of them. Mm, um, sure. But you do get a trinket at one point where it's like your spells have become like really powerful. But every time you use a spell, you lose a you use a gland. And so I could be. You could see that if you were using that, then it would be potentially hard because you'd always always be low on glands. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. 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 I. I mean, I feel like they did a pretty bad job with the resource management in this game like you have so much bone dust all the time and like most of the secrets are bone dust and sometimes (laughs) glands and very rarely you know the the health or damage boons yeah um those dude those come up so fast at a certain point in the game like i went from having the default amount or very close to the default amount of health at slash mana and and then all of a sudden i had like triple (laughs) (laughs) this in one session i just like went from a normal guy to a god right yeah oh that's kind of cool um yeah but yeah i just was so annoyed that i and it was like you know even though you had heaps of bone dust you'd be finding piteous amounts you'd be like on you know you start the game and you're like on nine thousand bone dust and you find a secret and it's like 50 bone dust and you're like why the fuck would you put this here for 50 bone dust like i don't give a shit about 50 bone dust and so like it kind of convinces you that like secrets aren't an exciting thing to like find and that's 
that's a real boner killer for me. Like, yeah. I love secrets in Metroidvanias, and yeah, they just sucked the joy out of it. Like, they <laughs> sucked the color out of their palette. Oh, um, they sucked the ichor out of the clay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, Speaking so, of sucking the ichor, dude, the story. Can I just oh, fuck, bounce yeah. on about this story for two minutes? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm actually keen to understand what you thought because like i i copped the first two hours obviously and mm. like the writing is embarrassing like yeah. it's just so cringy and they're obviously going for this super dark and gritty tone because of like the way everything looks but like you know the theme of like doppelgangers and you're basically going and killing all your old friends and like everyone's like oof oof oh man i get what you mean and it's like dude who the fuck wrote this like i yeah, yeah i could not abide by the writing <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't get any better i actually tried really hard to enjoy the story with this one as well but at a certain point someone was saying some stuff to me like some npc and i was just like i have no idea what you're talking about and i've been paying attention you know like i've been trying <laughs> right. to like like digest this story like, especially mm. after um, what happened with Kentucky Route Zero, where I just sort of right. signed out at a certain point. I was like, no, this time I'm going to try. I'm going to really oh, try no. to, like, oh, see no. what happens. Punished. I, I know, punished. punished. Um, I, don't, I don't hold it against Kentucky Route, and I will con <laughs> continue to try, but... Uh, <laughs> Kentucky strikes again. Yeah, it really was just, like, talking to some old woman in the castle, and she's just, like, blathering on about God knows what, and it's like, I don't... Like, nothing you've said has related to anything else that anyone has said so far. And it's all encoded in, like, you know, the language of the land. It's like, her bone dust and her ica and the, you know, like, the, the moon pales again. Like, it's just like, <laughs> shut up. Give me, give me something to grip onto that, that is related to something. So, yeah, the, the basic story, as far as I could understand, is that Oh god, it's so convoluted. That's the other problem with it. It's super messy. So, so this this game, it it like it copies a lot of things, but I feel right. it doesn't understand why it's copying things. No, and yeah, so, rather than copy the ambiguity from from Souls like from Souls like, it's it's just made it confusing. Like it's yeah. it's confused confusion for ambiguity, yeah. and they're different yeah. things. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, yeah, the world is, like, in this war and the king commissions this sculptor to make a bunch of clay army for him. Mm -hmm. um, and he hasn't even really made any clay army before, but his daughter gets really sick and he makes the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And it's sort of like a semi-failure, but it's also, like, it works. And so... Uh, I think his daughter can actually, like, after she dies, she, like, resurrects and he can make another one. Like, he can continually, like, kill and resurrect his daughter to do this this task. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. so, like, all of the clay creatures in the in the land are, like, failed experiments from the, the clay master man trying to make mm. an army for the king. Right. Um, they're all made with the bones of, uh, or the Ica from this, his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the king's daughter. I don't know if it's the sculptor's daughter. I don't know. 
Um, no, that that was good. Like, I think you kind of that because most of that stuff is like established in the opening of the game. But I yeah. think you, yeah, you you did a good job. <laughs> like that was yeah. way clearer than it was in that opening cutscene. <laughs> yeah, and so the thing that the sort of story where you come along is that there were these four, and I don't even know if it's four. It might be five if you count Grey Irma or Red Irma or whatever the fuck she's called. Um, <laughs> they, it's it's either grey, red, or black. They're the only colours they had. Yeah, that's right. I think <laughs> anyway, yes. There's four of these uh I think they called them pristines. Yeah, pristines. Uh and they're like the super soldier versions, like the the perfected versions of the sculptor's um vision. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know what their original intended purpose was or if they were ever actually people. I think they were. I don't know. Um, but they end up being perverted after this event that happens or like corrupted after this event that happens where they, right. they become cleft. So they leave. Yeah. The person who they were based on, like leaves the, the clay thing or whatever. I don't, dude, it's so hard to understand. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you're doing a great job. Yeah. They, they abandoned their clay born, the, um, what do you call it? holder and like uh, vessels the vessel yeah and then the the clay that they were originally inhabiting becomes like yeah cleft and so like they become all gross and they're they're the bosses they're the big four main guys that you fight right um along with a couple of others one of them repeats twice uh yeah um so yeah that's kind of the story you go kill these kill these cleft boys and uh fight the sculptor and that's bing bang boom right you bring it home you bring it home at one point, you know, at the start, how you get into the vessel thing and then like it turns you into from your normal form into like the clayborn form. You go from like yeah. red Irma to gray Irma or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some twist with that, but I don't fully understand what happened. I think it's right. like gray Irma was secretly one of the merchants in the shop at like at the base. Or well, sorry, Red Irma was one of the was secretly one of the like people who sells you the trinkets. Oh my god, dude! And she like betrays you, and you end up having a fight with yourself, which happens numerous times through the game anyway. Um, yeah, so that that like corrupted mirror stuff was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, but man, the AI for your doppelganger is atrocious. It like, sucks. oh my god, you just clean them up, and they've got the special move. Like they're supposed yeah. to be more powerful than you, yeah. and like. They were so stupid. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple of bosses that actually had, like, had, had me dying a few times. Um, the one right. that repeated was the one who killed me a couple times. Uh, and the final boss uh, was pretty tricky too. Um, yeah. But I think they were, maybe this is the case with other games. I'm not sure. I might be just be a bit blinded by rage with this one. But I think it was just because <laughs> the it was overwhelming for too long, you know, like the, all of the stuff going on on screen was sort of just like a bunch of hurt boxes. And if you knew where to stand, then you were basically fine. And so it was just like rinse and repeat of like dying enough to figure out where you needed to jump and stand. And in order to like open a window to attack and just rinse and repeat. Yeah. I, I don't think combat clarity was very good in this game. Yeah. Um, I just felt like, yeah, partly because of the art style and everything blending together. Um, but just also some inconsistencies between like the design of the combat. So like the parry warning is like this red flash and the enemy will attack at different timings after the red flash. 
And yeah. so what is the point of the red flash? Like, <laughs> if, if the timings are different, then why would you include it at all? Yeah. You know, that, that is very strange to me. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, the, um, like, Grey Irma, your player character, getting muddled in with the enemies. So, like, yeah. if, if an enemy is telegraphing an attack, you dash through it, the enemy just finishes the attack into the back of your head, but you you can't um, change your trajectory to parry, and you can't train change your trajectory when you attack. So it just felt like I don't know. It just felt kind of mean, but yeah, like you know, it was like frustrating rather than challenging. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it's like you know, confusion for ambiguity, frustration for <laughs> challenge. Like I just yeah. feel like they played a bunch of games and copied everything they saw and had no idea why they why? were copying it exactly yeah um yeah i didn't i didn't feel too offended by the red flash thing like i i got used to parrying and it was okay um yeah i agree with you though like why have it if there's if they all have different timings after the flash anyway like what's the point of it being even being there right um, like it it almost gets in the way because you're like looking at the telegraph right like yeah. you're looking at the animation and like it makes sense that all the enemies have different timings for their animation but like if you're gonna have like a parry warning you'd think yeah, they'd, they'd make it like consistent yeah and then the other thing you said was like getting muddled in with the enemies just visually okay so there's this ability that you unlock um where you can make a doppelganger of yourself and so I was doing this boss fight with Red Irma, who becomes a boss at a certain point towards the sort of, not the, around the halfway point, I'd say, maybe a little bit after. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was Grey Irma fighting Red Irma with a doppelganger of myself, which was like a different <laughs> color, like black or something. And so there was three of me on the screen at once and dude trying to figure out which one you are, even though they're different colors is really hard because oh like God. you said, you just get lost in the mix. Um, oh my god and, yeah. and see if if the game wasn't just so unaware of itself <laughs> there could be really interesting commentary there right yeah. about like the player being muddled up across three characters but like i just feel like it's so tone deaf that it it's completely unintentional yeah yeah um what else have i got here um, <laughs> um well should like should we maybe uh, wrap up uh, the things that we didn't like, and then maybe we can end on on something nice? Because I did I did like that how we how we did that the other week. Sure, go for it. Um, uh, I, I don't have too much more else to say that's bad. Um, yeah, you, you go I, ahead, and maybe I'll be able to bounce off a couple things. All right, I guess for me, like uh, beyond everything looking the same. Um, with the level design, which is, like, not great when you're in uh, Souls like Metroidvania where you're backtracking and you're, like, uh, securing a route to the boss just because, like, recognising landmarks is a pain in the ass when everything looks the same. Um, but something that was really annoying for me but probably petty is the platforming. So, like, when you are supposed to to reach a platform you just kind of, your animation jumps higher than oh. it actually does normally. Yeah, yeah. And 
that was just so dumb. That was just, <laughs> yeah. like, why wouldn't you just design the level so, like, the platforms you were meant to reach were at jump height? Like, yeah. what? Yeah, that just drew me up, drove me up the wall, because, like, you know, with, with a game like this where you can wall jump and dash, like, it's fun getting into places where you don't think you're supposed to be. Like, you're like, yeah. ooh, yeah, this is a secret, or, like, I've broke the game, I've got into this secret spot. Um, and, like, yeah, it just felt like they designed uh, designed it so you couldn't experience that feeling because, like, you just did this specific animation when you were supposed to get to a platform that, right. you know, was designed for you to reach. Yeah, yeah, it, like, lifted you up that last little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, look, probably petty, but, yeah, I didn't no, like no. it. No, no. Um, <laughs> petty on uh, this podcast? <laughs> yeah, true. Um, fuck, I mean, just, I know we said it a lot already, but everything is fucking grey. Like, you are grey, <laughs> the enemies are grey, the background is grey, the foreground is grey, all the resources are grey, the notes are grey. And, like, dude, the hints... Like, what were they thinking? They just thoughtlessly scattered these hints everywhere and the hints never disappeared. And I remember, like, I remember buying something the first time I bought something from a dude and there was a hint behind the dude and I bought something, walked to the hint, which was behind the dude. You could only access that hint by going (laughs) past the dude. Uh And the hint was like, you can buy things from dudes. And I was just like, (laughs) holy shit game. Like Uh, what? I think that was actually in the first 10 minutes. And I, that's when I was like, maybe we should cancel this, this month. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I, it sucks. It, it, it wasn't great. I, I think, like, if you enjoy this kind of game and you get um, you get a lot out of, like, you know, just having something to do, like, with this kind of formula, then you might enjoy it. But it's, like I said, it's it's not the, or like we've said, it's kind of this, not the best out of all of it. It just sort of has lifted a bunch of it, cobbled it together into this sort of, yeah, you know, pale pale impersonation um and and that's what you're left with um but like i said it's not it's it's like kind of inoffensive like i played the whole thing at no point was i like this is unacceptable i can't play anymore like (laughs) you know like i just i I love the voice that you give us because we say that all the time (laughs) yeah yeah, said it twice um so yeah yeah I, I, I like I, I, I find it really hard to just be like, hey, don't waste your time with this because I, I played it and I don't feel worse for having played it. I just feel like it was kind of not that good. Right. Well, um, I guess kind of a segue. If uh, you know, if you did play this and and you liked it, man, I got some recommendations for you. <laughs> um. So like, I mean, the biggest one is Blasphemous. Uh, yeah, like, I really want to try Blasphemous. It looks awesome. Oh, dude, Blasphemous is sick, and this game has lifted a lot from Blasphemous. Yeah. Um, and, like, oh, that's why I stopped playing when I got to the baby boss, because there's a baby boss in Blasphemous. Oh, right. And the okay. baby boss in Blasphemous is fucking sick. And, yeah. like, this was, like, a tiny baby in a really dark room, and I was just like, this is stupid. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Blasphemous is is really good. Um, very similar definitely like hammers in the ambiguity rather than confusing but like um the vibe is spanish dark souls it's really right. fucking cool yeah, yeah. 
It does the uh, pixel thing as well, right? Like, oh, dude, the pixel art in Blasphemous is incredible. Like yeah. the um the cutscenes are so delicious. They like yeah. ooze with atmosphere. Sick. Is it on Game uh, Pass? I have no idea. Let me check. Right. No idea. I I got it on Switch a while ago now, but yeah, I loved it. Um, Blasphemous is really good. The Messenger is another game that this game ripped a bunch of stuff from that I noticed. And like, yeah, uh, Messenger's pretty unique. I kind of don't want to spoil it too much because it's got like a big twist kind of 30% of the way through the game. So it's right. like fun to go into into Messenger bl- uh, the Messenger Blind. But yeah, as far as like platforming and like the 2D side-scrolling um, action RPG stuff goes, Messenger is really, really good. And it, um, it has this great kind of like 8-bit to 16-bit mechanic that falls in with that twist i mentioned and yeah it's Mm. like it's just a really fun time and i think it does um it does a much better job of like introducing new stimulus to you over time yeah yeah um and i guess my third recommendation which i wouldn't rate as high as the others but if you liked the souls like aspect of this game um i would go for salt and sanctuary um, oh yeah which is i think a little bit broader like you've got builds in salt and sanctuary and like that like salt and sanctuary is a big fucking game like you can play that for like 80 hours um so yeah a bit a bit different but still kind of of the same uh cut from the same cloth but like again that like the newest of those games i just mentioned is three years old four years old actually yeah and it's just like this game came out last year and that's i think that's what pissed me off the most is yeah. it it was just so unashamed in the way it copied all these things and like it didn't feel like it did any of them better but like most of them it didn't even do them well yeah and, <laughs> yeah. yeah for for a new game that kind of i was just like hmm i don't know, I don't know about this one moon scars yeah yeah fair enough fair enough um yeah shall we do a little dice roll oh yeah so uh yeah i mean i got my i got my four games here if you want to roll a dice i'll tell you what uh what next month's this month's game is going to be next month's whatever i got my dice out i'm rolling it on the noisy table hell yeah it's four citizen sleeper yeah 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 um yeah been wanting to play this ever since i saw jacob geller's top 10 Yep. Um, I just, when I was watching his top 10, I pretty much just got to the point where it showed the title of the game and then I didn't watch anything because I was just like, that's all I need. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks great. Um, I've seen a little bit on this. Uh, looks like it's about six hours long, so it should be all sweet. Um, awesome. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. Cool. Can't well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll play Citizen Sleeper for the next month and, uh, do a big dissection at the end of March. Oh my God, is that true? Is it February? It is. We're gonna do that at the end of March. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. The year has started slipping by at quite <laughs> quite a pace. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, any any final thoughts on uh, Moonscars? No, nah, no final thoughts. Go, we're done. Let, yeah, go. Let us know what you thought of um, Moonscars, and also go play Citizen Sleeper while we do. That would be really cool. 
Yeah, hell yeah. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a really... No, we. We hope everyone has a really lovely yeah. weekend. No, just you. It, no, I think yeah. you should have a bad weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right. Have a bad weekend and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Where right, bye. Bye. Bye.